clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. First of all, I'm so glad I'm feeling better. And yeah. uh, my sinuses are still a little goofy. But man, I listened back to that episode. I sounded <laughs> like I had done just a, like 10 lines of coke. I was like, let's do a show. Do you get why I said what I said about you and having stimulants or steroids <laughs> in your cold medication? <laughs> Everyone just thought I was being mean. I could tell. But I was like, dude, you're jacked. <laughs> and we're back, coming from my mobile studio out here in the countryside. Good to see your face again, Doc. Glad I'm not sick. Ready to jump back in. And I'm really excited because... Yet again, new segment for our listeners. But before we get to the new segment, I want to make a couple of announcements. It is official. Announcements about announcements. Announcements. Uh, we did not win any of the podcast awards. So if you did vote, we thank you. But we didn't win any awards. I am putting in a petition because I believe we deserve to win. Okay. Do you think that seven people we asked, maybe four of them? <laughs> <laughs> You couldn't win with like a handful of votes. <laughs> One, <laughs> it's okay. I believe that our millions of fans did put it out there, but you know, we're still a new podcast and uh, you know, I just felt like maybe it was slanted. So uh, I'm, I'm a little grumpy about it, but I thank everybody who took the time to sign up and vote for us at the podcast awards. I'm grateful to all of you. And so is the doc. Uh, also, it is really exciting news because the Amy book is officially coming out, uh, audiobook wise, soft cover wise, and that is going to be when <laughs> Halloween weekend. Everybody, get ready! Halloween weekend, it's going to happen. Do you have an actual date? I do. Did you this see that? See how I did that? Amazing for me. I mean, I will believe it when I see it, but this is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't believe I mean, if you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. But it's happening. That's the official. So I get ready toward Halloween. I believe, I believe, if Autumn tells me, then I will believe it. Oh, I can't. Really? You the listeners, Autumn is, the, Autumn is the co-author of the book. She was on the podcast. We had a great episode. We talked all about the Amy book. Autumn is a absolutely brilliant writer. She made that book, truly. And I am so excited to deliver it to you all in the formats of audio and digital and paperback. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Get ready. And I'm excited for you. Thank I'm, you. I'm excited. I love that you say for me. It's for us. The book is being published through the University of Pleasure. I mean, I come mean, on. Well, but I can also, like, really be personally excited for you. Big, good job. It was a lot of effort to write a book. It was. And thank you. And thank you. I appreciate that. So, new segment. I'm excited about this segment. I've been looking forward to it since we were discussing it. And uh, I think our audience is really going to enjoy this. So, that all being said, 
Are you ready, Doc? I mean, do you want to give the title of the segment? Jeremiah and the Doc shoot the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Please elaborate. So, yes, Jeremiah and the Doc shoot the shit. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, basically, what it is is uh, I have come up with some uh, things I would like to talk about that I think are very relevant to our audience. And I'm going to uh, kind of spring them on the dock here. She and I are going to shoot the shit about uh, this topic. And I'm a little bit excited about this topic. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. But- yeah. Can we can we just pause like why we had to do this segment? Why? Like because we had to do this segment because Jeremiah was feeling like not enough of his ideas were being heard. <laughs> <laughs> he was so. <laughs> That's why we have you to speak truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks, a little bit of background. Thanks, Doc. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Jeremiah yeah. wanted a segment. We haven't done Jeremiah's Tech Corner in a while. That is also your segment. That is my we segment. And I it. love that sex. Yeah, the Tech Sex Corner is going to come back. I love that segment as well. Last time we talked about sex robots. Um, but no, I think that there are things that are relevant to people who just like talking about sex like me that aren't like super special doctors and uh, that they might uh, find interesting and entertaining. So, right. so this is a segment where Jeremiah gets to hold me hostage with whatever <laughs> questions or thoughts he would like to put out there or propose. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would like to talk about today in the segment Jeremiah and the Doc Shoot the Shit is the Karma Sutra, meaning having sex in cars, not Kama Sutra, Karma Sutra. See how we did that? See how I kind of. We should be video. Like, this is where you need like an image of the book. Do you want to explain? I think you're going to have to explain the book picture. There is a book and it is called Karma Sutra and it's about having sex in cars, which I am a huge advocate of. Again, as long as you're doing it in a way that you don't get yourself in trouble or anything illegal or get yourselves arrested, you know. I love that you've like predicted that I, that would be something I would. You are... I am trying to cut you off at the pass because I, like, <laughs> I know. Doc is going to talk about whether or not you get arrested and that you should be mindful. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to say it first. So I was like, I got to get, I got to get in front of her. So because you don't want to get in trouble, folks. Okay. What is it? He sent me a picture, just so you all know, listeners. He sent me a picture of the cover of this book. It looks, what is it, like 1976? What is the copyright on this? The copyright? I don't know what the copyright. You think I, I don't care what the copyright is. All well, I know I mean, is that history the- History is important. Like, what period of time is this? Okay, so known? first of all, it may look like that, but the car on the front cover is an early 2000s car. So- oh. I'm thinking that this is probably maybe it was written and then readapted, maybe an updated version. Doc, you don't mean research. I saw the cover of the book and I thought it was great. And I want to talk about having sex in cars. Why do we have to be bogged down <laughs> in this nuance? Like, I'm just I, asking. This is the shoot the shit episode. Okay. Fine, fine, fine. The copyright doesn't matter. It's what is like. It's the top. Okay. It's the topic. It's what the book brings up for you. Exactly. Got it. Okay. I'm on board. Sorry. It was an innocent question. I really didn't mean to. Just trying <laughs> to make me look bad. Just trying to, I mean, I'm just trying to get this role in here today. Okay. Sex and cars. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a very fun thing that we should talk about putting into our sexual buffets. I think it's a really exciting and erotic thing that, you know, most people, not all people, have cars. So if you don't have a car, I'm not advocating like you should have sex on the subway in New York or something. That is not something I'm advocating. 
I am talking specifically about you are automobiles. Advocating to, you are advocating to borrow a friend's car. Yes. And take that. A hundred percent. And have sex in that. That's exactly right. With your friend's permission. Well, of course, okay. with their permission. So, specifically, let's talk about why it is a great and fun, erotic thing to put in our sexual buffets. Okay? But it's the sense of doing something maybe a little bit tawdry. And we've talked about this before, Doc. And that how, you know, if you're doing something that may be a little out of what people, quote unquote, think is the norm, that it can be a fun adventure to add into the world of our sexual buffet like we always talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, there's also, yeah, I mean, we've definitely talked, I can, sex in cars, right? That what you're talking about, that taboo or that fear, the adrenaline, fear of getting caught, right? Being in an yeah. atypical location. Um, you know, there's also that kind of. Well, with the fear of getting caught, the exhibitionism sort of potential piece of it. Exactly. Now, let's talk about logistics, okay? If you are a tall person and another tall person, first thing you got to think about, and this is from your old pal, Jeremiah. I didn't even read this book. I just saw the title and I thought it was something I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I feel like that's just the t-shirt that I want for you all the time. I didn't even read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even read this book. Here are my thoughts. <laughs> Here are my thoughts and my review on the book that I never read. No, I just. <laughs> I just looked at the cover, but I have many opinions. I have many opinions Girl. based on this cover. First of all, I would never buy this car specifically that they're showing on that. It doesn't have a very high rating. I'm a big car nut. So you all have to excuse me out there. I, uh, I do love cars, but I won't get lost in the car aspect of things. Okay. Yeah. Thank God for us all. So. First thing I want to talk about logistics, okay? You've got a five-seater car. Most people on average in the United States have a five-seater car. It's usually a mid-size to compact. A lot of ways that you can make this happen, okay? So first and foremost, seats should go all the way back. Would you agree with that as a sex therapist, Doc, for comfort I mean, purposes? I, I think it depends on what kind of sex you're trying to have. There might be certain positions where a seat up might be more supportive. Like, let's say someone's trying to sit on top of somebody and be on top in that way. You might, depending, all the way back could be a barrier depending on what position you're trying to be in. Yeah, but where would your legs go, Doc? Because what if there's an emergency break in the center, right? Where, I mean, you've got to really think about the logistics in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, seats all the way back. There might be certain circumstances in which that's more helpful. And then there's certain circumstances in which position wise, it wouldn't be helpful, right? Like, let's say you're trying to get on top of somebody and you want your you want to be able to kiss really closely. Right. And you got a big enough seat where you could put legs on either side of that person's hips. You'd probably want to keep the seat up or you might want to toss it back for a different experience. I'm just saying that, they're, you know, don't give me that face. <laughs> <laughs> You look so annoyed with me right now. I'm, I'm not just... annoyed. I was I was attentively listening. That's all yeah, it was. There's just different, like, you know, what kind of car? How big is the car, right? There's just too many variables to tell. But to your point, yeah, you would probably want to be thoughtful about seat positioning based on what you're trying to accomplish. There you go. There you go. And this is also something, Sex and Cars, that or the Karma Sutra book. And we were talking about uh, our last episode with my best friend, Laura Rademacher. And she was telling us how uh, adults don't often 
you know, we get older, we don't play pretend a lot. So this is something that you can do in bringing it into your sexual buffet and like playing a little pretend, don't you think, Doc? Like, hey, I'm that, I'm the greasy mechanic here to fix your car. What do you want to, you know, maybe we could blah, 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 right? I mean, doesn't that feed into the things that we've talked about before? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you could, I guess that is a way you could play pretend with a car. There are probably also just that playfulness, like when I interpret, you know, the stuff that we've talked before around playfulness, and I know Laura Rademacher was talking about last time as well. Like, you know, when you think of, playfulness like that's something doing something a little different doing something a little outside the norm doing something a little risque taking a risk right like there's playfulness in that or very literally i guess yes you could play auto mechanic like and customer or something if you (laughs) want to be super duper literal about cars and play (laughs) there it is see imagination that's what it's all about we get to use our imaginations now the other aspect of cars we touched just a little bit on in the very beginning of this episode was just the aspect of the eroticism and the fun, the excitement, the nerves that can go into trying to make it happen, possibly getting caught. Again, we do not advocate doing this in public places where you have the ability to get caught and doing it, right? All those sort of things. But it's the fun. It's it's like, um, and the other thing about sex and cars, it's like, you know, when we had uh, Nolina Nix, my other dear friend now, the, we had Nolina on. And you guys were talking about, you know, how, how porn stars can be like sexual athletes. And I said something like, you know, sexual Olympics. And think about this. This could be an event in the sexual Olympics. How do you have sex in a car? Right. You follow what I'm saying? Like a like a little geo. Yeah. like a, <laughs> <laughs> Or a smart car. You know what I mean? I mean, I think that if you're I mean, if we're really going to I mean, this is this is we just are shooting the shit here. Right. If you really want to go down this path, I would say that, like, if you're going to create that as an event, you would probably have you know, how extended, you know, extended SUVs versus (laughs) midsize versus, right? Like a tiny sports car, because I really feel like you'd have to have a lot of different strategies for all of those vehicles. That's exactly correct. And you probably have to do a lot of stretching. So I personally would like to recommend stretching. If you're going to be having sex in a small vehicle, stretching, I think is going to be key. Charlie horses can totally kill a moment. Although, Living in those moments of being uncomfortable and kind of giggling is an important thing we always talk about here at the University of Pleasure. Isn't that right, Doc? Yes, it is. And letting things be silly and awkward and weird and laugh. Having laughs, not taking it so seriously. I think that's what you're also talking about around the playfulness. That's right. See how how Karma Sutra plugs into so many things. I sent you this message. I said, this is something we could talk about in the Shoot the Shoot episode. Karma Sutra, let's be really clear for like, you know, propriety reasons. Karma Sutra is the name of a book. I think you're just talking about the topic of having sex in cars. I just think that the book's title is absolutely genius and whoever wrote it, I want to help promote them. I didn't do any research to see who wrote it. I just saw this and thought it was great and we should talk about it. So. Side note, on the back of this book, I just looked it up on Amazon, are people having sex on top of the car? So, you know, there's a lot just to say also. I didn't go there. I guess I should have done a little more you research. You didn't even look at the back? <laughs> You literally only looked at just the front cover. Correct. The most bare minimum of what someone could possibly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I you can have sex on the car. Now, here's the thing about that. If if your car is very important to either partner, okay, you've got to be very careful because you can dent and or scratch the car, okay? So you have to take that into consideration. They're really great fantasies. So 
in the picture of the book that you did not read nor look at, also, side note, on the back, it says, maximize your sex drive. Yeah. <laughs> you, have missed, you have missed so many amazing opportunities, by the way, of not doing more research on what you've proposed today. There is but... no reason for me to do the extra research because it's about shooting the shit, Doc. It's just a topic. Yeah. I'm not promoting. It's not about it... go read yeah, the book. Right. Right. And you also know that I'll enable you by doing it for you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. Because you know what happens? Because you'll get so annoyed that I can't answer the basic questions that you want to know about the book that you just pull your phone out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. It's like I know you. It's so great. We're the yin to yeah. the yang, Doc. Yeah. And as an aside, me pulling my phone out means that I've hit this desk a number of times. So later when you're editing this and you're super pissed, it was all your fault. <laughs> Touche. Touche. So Just saying. we can have sex in the car. We can have sex out of the car. Be careful. Don't just scratch the paint. Throw this thing into your sexual buffet. This is just a, a quick tip from your old pal, Jeremiah James. Can I? Go ahead. Can... You're, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> You know shooting the shit means we both get to be a part of this dialogue, right? Yeah, like, I mean, in theory. <laughs> okay, great. Um, that's the thing. Do you, If people want to know why does Jeremiah not run more of the segment ideas, it's because he struggles with sharing. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. You don't know me. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say, though, is like you were talking about just, you know, I can't help myself here. Like we think about like sex and cars, right? Or like you could extend it to like having sex in like a small confined place. Like remember, I, we've said it like a million times, but like sex doesn't always need to mean like a completed act or like intercourse or like to orgasm too, right? Like sex can also mean like don't, like I think it's fine to also be like, huh, like we can start like some type of sexual event, like a makeout session or like a, some kind of, you know, sexual experience in a car and when it starts to become like untenable, move it to another location, right? So, cause I, you know, we do get like a lot of all or nothing kind of thinking sometimes. It's like, well, I don't know that I want to start this in here because I don't think we can end it in here. And I would say, well, well, you don't have to, right? Like it's called just changing location. And there, there's some fun in that, right? Some build that can happen when you're like, oh, like we kind of got hot and bothered in the car. In and the later car, on then in we the moved to the house. Right. And then we had to wait, right? We yeah. had to wait and build that anticipation in that moment or to our hotel room or like wherever we were. So like, I also just want to be clear that I don't think it needs to be like, here's how to like complete a, a whatever a full sexual event is to you and make sure you like can pull it all off in the car, <laughs> right? Like there's maybe just certain things you cannot because of physical logistics. And that's 100% true, Doc. And I'm so glad you brought that up about sex and cars because- it, again, as we always say here at the University of Pleasure, you don't have to finish what you start. It doesn't have to always come to orgasm. It doesn't have to be full penetrated. It doesn't have to be. It can just be touching, kissing, getting hot, like the doc was saying. Take it back into the house. But a car is a great place to start. It's a place that might be a little off the beaten path of your normal routine, which you can then throw into your sexual buffet. And that's right. all I wanted to talk about today. Right. It doesn't even which, have to get that deeper dive. Right. Which, as an aside, off the beaten path is really the only place in which you should be being sexual in a car. <laughs> <laughs> not in high traffic areas. <laughs> yes, absolutely not. Nothing that would be dangerous. Uh, and, of course, we don't condone anything that would uh, put yourself in danger or the lives of others in As general. in while driving. <laughs> correct. Correct. 
So when we come back, we're going to keep shooting the shit. What's the next topic going to be? She doesn't know, but she will. And let's be real. Let's be real. You also don't know. You, that's not true. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> but you also don't know. That's why it's about shooting the shit. We're just shooting the shit, Doc. All right. Great. And we'll be right back. And we're back. And the doc tried to accuse me of not having a topic ready for the second half of this shoot the shit episode, but I do. Okay. So don't give me that look. You give me that, 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 uh-huh, sure smile that you're giving me right now. See, one of these days we're gonna start filming these and you won't be able to hide. They'll see it. They'll see your level of, of. <laughs> yeah. You know that you'll also be filmed and they can also see. <laughs> I stay very engaged. I'm very engaged all the time. So something I want to talk about. I want to talk about sexting again. Uh, you know, I've been reflecting back in my life and, you know, there wasn't a lot of sexting when we were younger, Doc. Right. Right. And, and, and just, you know, I started thinking about how that has changed, like sending nude pics like back in the day. OK, so like pre-digital era right so you're talking like 1999 2000 didn't have digital cameras right so you had to like take nude photos and then you had to like take them to like cvs and have them you know printed out like you know developed and then you could give them to somebody and they were like hard copies you know and i started thinking about wow i mean think about the way the world has changed in the last 20 years with the advent of digital sexting I don't know that I would have gotten anything done as a teenager if I lived in that world. And is that something that you and then it started spiraling in my brain? Like, is that something that you mean now, like if you had had access to like, I'm assuming also maybe like, like more Internet pornography, oh more sex, like like more. Is that what you're talking about? Like yeah. you were so preoccupied with it? Yeah, because I mean, think about this. OK, back in the day. It was, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, it was an event to get your hands on porn. Like you had to know somebody who had a dad that had stacks of magazines or maybe videos. And then there was like CIA covert operations as like 12, 13 year old Jeremiah and his buddy to like, quote unquote, borrow those things. And, you know, just to get a look at them. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. now, I mean, if I just. Or just a, a just a really well-placed Sears catalog. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Merry Christmas. Yeah, my God. And so nowadays I think to myself, I was literally holding my phone. I'm thinking sexting, Snapchat, uh, you know, all these digital avenues. I Porn, Pornhub, porn OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Like, my God, at 15 years old, have you seen that episode of Family Guy where they tell uh, uh, the neighbor, what's his name, the goofy character that's really into sex, and they tell him that, you know, there's internet porn. He's like, what? And he's like, yeah, and it's free. And he's like, oh, my God. And then <laughs> they don't see him for a while. And then when he comes out, he's like all disheveled. And he hasn't shaved in a while. And his right arm is like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and they're like, how's it going, man? Like, I just, I have visions that that's how my life would have turned out. Like, I think to myself, my God. So I, you know, wanted to toss this out there to shoot the shit with you. Like, do you, is this something you run into with like counseling when you're talking to parents and yeah, stuff like so, how to navigate uh, that? Like, I just yeah. feel like I, you know, what's really interesting is like, I think that uh, in every generation we go, the generations behind us are ruined. Right? Like, <laughs> like we just, 
just sort of have these like, there's no way you're going to be able to function in the world. <laughs> given every, right. But that's not true. Right. So it's really so I work with adolescents. We've actually not talked a lot about adolescents on the podcast. So I do work with adolescents around issues of sexual health, gender. Right. Like so I do clinical work and. Um, you know, and I obviously work with a ton of parents and stuff like this does come up all the time. And obviously it's like in the media all the time, like, what is it, what is the internet doing to our children? Right. Yeah. And you know, you start to look at the research on it and actually starts to get really complicated really fast because it's not as linear as people think. Like, so if you take something like, and people don't like this information, I'm not saying like, Hey, you should teach kids about sex through porn. Right. Like that's probably not a good idea. There's probably lots of ways, but there's also not it, you know, it starts to get really complicated. There's not as much empirical like research support that, you know, pornography access in teens is the like, like, you know, if you, if you find out your 14 year old child is like viewing some pornography online, that doesn't mean they're, you know, I literally had a parent ask me, does that mean my son's or my you know child's going to end up committing some kind of like sexual offense in the future? Right. Like there sure. isn't that kind of research doesn't exist. That's, you know, so they're not even in Canada, not to, not even our our, yeah. our our brethren to the north who have all that research money that we talk no, about. I mean, like the research is out there. They're not supporting that. Like the research oh. doesn't support that. Right. Gotcha. That there's these like drastically like, you know, that certain levels of, you know, like watching erotica or pornography online or like access to sexting or engaging in sexting. Like right now, there's not a ton of research that's like, yes, this will ruin people forever, right? Like we don't see those outcomes, I guess is my point. Okay. Now, mind people are always doing more research and that's ugh, like there's a ton of people like it, this is like such a rabbit hole. You have no idea actually the question you're asking, right? Because- <laughs> It's a really important area to debate, right? Because then there's also probably nuances in that, like anything around, like, you know, uh, we've talked a lot on the podcast, like, like anything, like you can probably use it in ways that are healthy and just fine and have no problematic outcomes. And then there are things that you can do in ways that are problematic and, um, you know, maybe if left unchecked or, you know, not having good boundaries around them over time can lead to problematic outcomes. And so it, it, you know, really when people and parents ask me about this, it's about like, okay, well, let's just talk about, or teens, right? Let's say it's a teen. I'll be like, well, let's just talk about going, what's going on with you and what you're doing and how you feel about it and how to make those things feel like appropriate, healthy, boundaried for you. So there isn't like any like ultimate truth on like, hey, if like some like adolescent or somebody starts viewing pornography or sexting a lot that now all of a sudden to your point, Jeremiah, they're going to be like, like hiding in their room for <laughs> days on end. Well, and I mean, have I just, here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Cause here's the thing. I just think back to those days when I was a young boy and, uh, you know, there was a lot of cloak and dagger that had to kind of go into, we were talking about getting your hands on it and that sort of thing. And now, I can just pick up my phone and Google anything. Just like type in boobs in your, you know, uh, your your safari and like forget about it, right? It's just like, boom, like it's all right yeah. there and, and at so your fingertips. Be, so, yeah, and so like it's obviously like it's interesting. Like you're, th this is this is an interesting topic, right? Like it is interesting. Glad, see, shooting yeah, the shit see? with me. Now yeah. we're talking about something uh, very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting because people don't. See, I can. I can bring interesting <laughs> topics to this podcast, okay? You can. You can. You bring a lot of interesting topics to Thank the podcast you. here. Thank yeah. you for acknowledging that. Yeah. I, Continue. Yeah. I guess just what's interesting is that, like, you know, there are definitely 
changes in like adolescent sexuality and what that looks like now in the advent of technology, right? Like I'm having a lot more dialogues with teens and um, even some young adults around like even like so something that you don't talk about, right? It's like the legality. Let's say something like texting, right? Like one of the conversations and this scares the crap out of teens, but like our laws don't really match our technology. So let's say you're a 15 year old um, texting or a 16 year old, even texting nude pictures back and forth with your girlfriend or boyfriend or partner. And they're texting them back. Technically, legally, you're producing and, uh, like you're both producing and have possession of child pornography. Oh, damn. You took the right turn on this. Okay. Right. Wow. And so, and that's, hang on a second, hang on a second. I need to just digest that for a second because you are hundred percent right. Like I, I kind of felt like you were going there. But God, gosh, darn it to heck, that's some hardcore stuff. Right. But that's also a really common behavior that teens might engage in. And people might listen and go, oh, well, that's, I mean, is a teenager actually getting in trouble for that? I have had actual people on my caseload that have been legally charged with possession of child pornography for having a picture of a same of a same aged peer on phones, right? Like that more than once. And so like that is absolutely things, those are things that have absolutely happened. And recently, I'm not saying like, this isn't distant past. I'm saying like, this can happen. All you need is a parent that finds a text that's upset that their child has been maybe texting a image to another person and that's reported. And do you know what I mean? So like, there are actual, there are actually like, not to like bring it down, but there are some like really dangers of that because again, the laws are not, and different states have different laws, right? But like, Definitely in certain states, the laws are not matching up with what the behavior actually looks like with teens. And so like you talk about teens like sexting and stuff like that. I actually have a lot of conversations because things are always evolving. Human sexuality is evolving as our cultures evolve and as our technology. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right. And so I have conversations with teens about like, hey, like, yeah, a lot of your peers are engaging in that behavior. And here are some ways to be really thoughtful about that, because I don't. Obviously, like that's not something anybody wants to happen, especially when it's appropriate teen. You know what I mean? It's pure age. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: How do you charge somebody with child pornography if they're both children sending it back and forth? I mean, a judge's got to look at that and go, like, forget about it. Well, yeah. But here's the thing: You're assuming all judges might create like that there are no biases and that everyone would judge that equally. The reality is, now the 15 year old version of me is scared to death. Like, my goodness. Right. You also have to remember in gender bias around like there might be like certain things where uh, if you are like, let's say, a cisgender boy that has pictures of a cisgender girl, that that might be more viewed more negatively. Right. Versus if it's like two male peers. And again, I'm speaking in gross generalities, but these are biases that exist that can, you know, actually I mean, I've I've been there with clients. So it it absolutely can happen. Now, is it like while that's definitely going to happen if you sext with a peer and send them pictures. Like, there's a difference between dialogue, right, and sending nude pictures, right? It's also, you know, I've also had, have done work with teen girls that are posting things of themselves online and they're underage. And here's the, the in a lot of, most states, the age of consent is 16. Right. But child. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. said that a little too, like, it's like. <laughs> Plus, it's like, yes, it is. I've done my research. Yes, it is. That was a little- I, 
I always double check those laws. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Just... Thank you for clarifying, Jeremiah. Thank you. But the age of consent in most in most states is 16, right? But child pornography is anything under the age of 18. So oh, there's hey. a mismatch in those things. And so it's really interesting when you bring up like sort of teen behavior, like the stuff that honestly really that I end up seeing being like risky for more people is like, frankly, not understanding the laws and not yeah. understanding how those things impact them. So do you I, maybe you know then give, and I'm sorry to interrupt, do you maybe then give like advice to parents like, okay, look, kids are going to be kids, you know, they're going to do what they do. I think it's just important when you're having dialogue with your children that like they understand what the laws are and that engaging in these things, these are the risks that are going into it. Yeah, you know, like I tech and it really honestly, every you've met me, everything is so case dependent, right? Like different people have different value systems. And again, it's not my job to tell people what their value systems are, but like it is my job to be like, hey, you might have kids that are curious and um, interested in sex and they're going to want to meet those needs in some kind of way. How can you start having thoughtful dialogues with your kids about sex in ways that allow your kids maybe to, you know, have some healthy sexual development, but also aren't putting people at significant risk in one way or another? I mean, it's not like to your point, Jeremiah, like there's a lot of online stuff, like looking that stuff that is probably pretty harmless, right? Like teens, like how, you're not wrong. Like teens, everybody has a lot of access and there's a lot of stuff that really people might do and engage with. It's like, yeah, I did that. And I looked for, you know, an hour and then I went and hung out with my friends and lived a totally normal teen life. Right. I mean, that's like, what that's, I want to believe I would have right. done. And then, and then there's, because that's the thing, there's always going to be to your point around, like, I don't know if I ever would have left my room or my phone teens still want and are engaging really, again, more globally, like they still are like trying to engage in friendships and develop relationships and figure out where they want to go to college and what they need to do for school. So like there's still all those other things that always existed that are competing for their attention. And don't get me wrong. It is probably very nice and more convenient. And yes, there is more access. And I'm not saying that some folks might not take like some more advantage of that. <laughs> right? Like that's very real. And there certainly is an evolution in terms of how um, adolescents behave. And I'm speaking about adolescents, by the way, so people know, because I don't work with children. So like I'm not an expert in that area. I have like vague understanding around child behavior, but like I can speak more competently around teens than I can with kids because I don't work directly with kids. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like people to know my limits of, you know, kind of how much I, you know, really do here. But with with teens, like they really are like for the most part still like that other stuff is still competing. And so it's not like, you know, hey, I got one whiff of a naked body and now I'm in. Now, don't get me like now I'm in forever, right? I'm never leaving my room. But that being said, certain people always have maybe certain struggles or predispositions to certain types of struggles, right? Sure. They're there are lots of different personality types or maybe mental health struggles somebody might be dealing with or even just, you know, traits of behavior where somebody might become a little more obsessive, a little more compulsive, a little bit more hyper-focused. And honestly, you know, a lot of times that's really more just about helping people develop good boundaries and figuring out balance of how they can balance like pleasure against like growing up and responsibilities and duties and things that they're going to have to do. And as somebody that works with teens, 
people do not give adolescents enough credit. Well, I, t- I would have to agree with that. And that's, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I, and I mean, listen, I appreciate the deep dive in this because it really did just come into my mind. Like, and I was like, man, so much. Is this something the doc really works with from time to time? Like, is this something that's kind of like in the caseload quite often? Because, man, Jeremiah, 15 year old me, you know, I got to be honest, like that's it would have been a lot to navigate to have that kind of access. You know, my parents, though, they're amazing human beings, weren't the greatest in like, you know, let's have those conversations, you know, and, uh, you know, without somebody to kind of navigate, you know, it's it's a little bit easier, in my humble opinion, to stumble through figuring uh, out like pornography when you've only seen like a magazine or a book or something. But if like you were if it, I had access to everything all the time and didn't have someone to kind of break it down, explain things to me, have a little bit more of an education surrounding it and then the ability to send sex pictures and all that kind of stuff and then not know the laws, like even just you saying like, oh, you know. That could uh, be considered child pornography. It's like, boom, my head would explode. You know, like, oh, my God. Yeah. So it's an amazing thing. So I am grateful that you took the time to shoot the shit with me today. Okay. I'm grateful that we talked about cars and Karma Sutra. Can I say one? Like, you just opened a t- Can I just, like, quick say something about that last topic before you shoo me away? I can see you're doing it. Okay. What? what? Wait. What? <laughs> You can't open up a topic like that. I just wanted to say that, like, you know, I really like a lot of times people get very black and white on issues around like teen sexuality, like adolescent sexuality and like and this idea like it is scary that there's so much access. So I am not saying that, like, there doesn't need to be thoughtful dialogue as always. That's why I'm doing it right now. There does need to be thoughtful dialogue, but not just like. But like between parents and children, right, even also like in systems around like sex education, like there is a lot of pretty solid research out there that getting sex education, that's not just about like danger of sex and like, you know, how not to get pregnant, right? Like that's also right. about it like- need, It needs to be yeah, more also than about, that. Yeah, that's also about pleasure and is about like why you're interested in it. Like- so good sex education goes a very long way in helping people have good sexual boundaries. That's the thing. Sometimes people are like, oh, if I put it in your head, then it's going to make you want to do it more. No, no, no. People already want to do it. Interestingly, good sex education and really thoughtful, thorough sex education, helping people understand themselves in that way or like having access to information usually helps people have better, more thoughtful sexual boundaries and behave more ethically and thoughtfully in sexual ways. So there just say that out loud. There it is. Can I segue now? Now you can be. Yeah. Thank no. you. I appreciated you shooting the shit with me today and just letting me throw out a couple of topics that I had in my brain. I really quite like this dialogue that we were having. Did you enjoy yourself today, Doc? I did. Thank you. Thank you. I did. Thank you very much. And uh, as we were saying before, you know, take in the Karma Sutra, think about cars, think about how you can utilize that in your sexual buffet. That's just a tip from your old pal, Jeremiah James. Try not to scratch the paint, you know, seat up, seat down, all the different things we were talking about. Throw it out there. And just like the doc said, and that was why it was great to shoot the shit with the doc, because you can take those things, start it there, doesn't have to finish there, can go inside get yourselves all hot and bothered maybe before a concert or something like that. Then you got to sit through the concert. Then afterwards, I'm just going through scenarios. Okay. You know what I mean here, doc? There's just, it's like endless. Yeah. 
And then I would also just like to say thank you, Doc, for having this open dialogue about access for younger people. And I think it's important because like I I'm, just we'll probably do like five episodes on this <laughs> that topic <laughs> that you brought up. That's like a giant topic. It right? is. It's huge. But that's the thing. We have never dived into that world really. And I was just thinking about it. I was like, man. I just don't know, man. 15-year-old me, that would be so much. Like, it'd be my brain would be like, you know, on overload. And then if I didn't have somebody to have those open dialogues about, you know, sex, pleasure, boundaries, all that sort of thing, you know, it would have been a lot. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you as always and everything you do for so many people. So thank you, Doc. It was great to see you. And you're not going to say anything. I'm like, it's great to no, see you. No, I was you literally, like, as you were talking, literally as you were talking. I'm going to be honest. I was going, what the hell am I going to title this podcast? Weird, <laughs> 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 like, like we went from car sex to then like really deep, intense conversation about like adolescent like sexual development. That's what. So I'm going to figure the it out. Shit. We're f- just shooting the shit. That's what yeah. it's about. That's where yeah, you just kind of go where the wind blows, Doc. That's what it's yeah, about. So- I'm going to have to really spend the time to figure out, really, how do I succinctly title this one? So (laughs) (laughs) it's great to see you, Jeremiah. (laughs) Thanks, Doc. As you, as always. So uh, please, everybody out there, go out and get vaccinated because we'd love to see you in person. Take care of yourself and each other. And remember to be kind to one another. And uh, we'll be talking to you again next week. Take care, Doc. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.